And you got to keep fighting the feeling, the doom and gloom feeling. The doom and gloom feeling. And you got to keep fighting the feeling. Doom and gloom feeling. Hello and welcome to episode number 94 of It's Never Sunny in Seattle, a podcast about the Seattle Mariners. My name is Dustin Ryan, and I have exercised my no trade clause to remain co-host of this here podcast. Joining me is Mikey Ahedo, who is disgruntled with ownership and demanding a trade. Mikey, I am glad you are still here on the podcast, uh, despite your protests. Yeah, I, I, th- I threatened to... <laughs> stop watching baseball <laughs> uh, that would be a very unfortunate for me and for the quality of this show we love to have you here mikey uh, although that threat is still pending i feel like if anything goes disastrously wrong um you might just dip out yeah agreed well he's here for now and also joining us is the promising prospect who was acquired for an aging veteran it's the one and only day Thank you for joining us today, Day. Some call me Cooper Hummel. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. You're better than Cooper Hummel. When do we get rid of him again? I mean, I, he's in AAA right now, right? I actually uh, just went oh. to a Rainiers game this past weekend as part of my 10-year high school reunion, which was odd. But uh, yeah, Coop is uh, Swinging the bat down there. I think he's doing okay. Well, you guys went to a AAA baseball game for your 10-year reunion? Yeah. Do you think that's weird? Mikey, did you go? Aren't you guys in the same class, school? Yeah, I didn't go. I had... <laughs> I, had I mean, I was actually, you know, I looked at pictures. and I was like, oh, that looks kind of fun and weird, but um, had other obligations. My 10-year was a couple years ago. And I didn't go either. I had other obligations. But I felt the same. I, I honestly had a little FOMO not going. Because C- you realize, like, when are you ever going to see these people ever again? I mean, at least you guys still live in Seattle. But, like, in, my classmates in Hawaii, I, I would have never, ever. I, I, I wish I went and pretended I was doing something I wasn't with, like, I don't know, a fake partner or something. Just, like, a completely like made up story sure i think there's um services online where you could probably hire a fake plus one for your 10-year reunion that would have been uh, a nice strategy yeah mikey i'd say fun and weird was like a perfect characterization of how i felt about our reunion and um i'm not going to name names but some people i went with got incredibly trashed so yeah it was fun we had a good time Whoa, hold on. Did you guys did you guys just go to a baseball factory for a high school? Like no, absolutely not. It was the opposite of a baseball factory. Yeah, me and Mikey were the only two weirdos who were really like interested in baseball for the most part. At, at least in my circle. The choice to go to a triple A game was mainly that it was local and it was like an affordable way to host that many people. Because we didn't want to have to deal with like selling tickets and everything to like you know, book an event space or anything like that. Sounds like Dustin was part of the planning committee. I personally was not, but my partner was. So <laughs> I was planning. <laughs> he went there too? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to high school together. Oh, you guys are high school sweethearts. Yes. 
Oh, you could say that. Okay, that's dope. Wow. Housekeeping items. Please join the Discord if you so choose. We love our Discord, especially around this time of year. There's a lot of talk about uh, the trade deadline and a lot of talk about the Mariners' future. So go there if you would like to catch up on some Mariners' discourse that isn't as toxic as what you might find on Twitter. And please consider contributing to the Patreon. You can find that at patreon.com slash Seattle. And speaking of Patreon, we have some brand new Patreon supporters that we'd like to sh- shout out. Um, Mikey, would you like to say a big hello to our Patreon supporters? Hi to John and Winslow. Excellent. Thank you, John and Winslow, for contributing to the show. Love that name, Winslow. It's super cool, right? Who's the first Winslow you think of? Mm. Oh, come on. There's only one right answer. Uh, Urkel. Oh, okay. I guess mine. Mine is uh, <laughs> the blue mouse and cat dog. What? Oh, that was his name. Yes, it's Winslow. You're right. With the overalls. Damn. Yes, kind of like Holy the shit. the badass bully who just like, goes like, "You guys are idiots." <laughs> dude, Winslow is fucking goaded, dude. Thanks, Winslow. I hope I hope you don't hate that mouse. We appreciate um, your Patreonship. If he drops out of the Patreon, then we'll know that that was not a favorable comparison. Mikey, there was a People Summit this past weekend, and um, you know maybe you'd like to catch everybody up on on how that went. Yeah, Day was there with uh, his partner. Had some really really great uh, workshops day one, and the what do we call them chair? chairpersons of uh the international migrants alliance and international women's alliance the king's guard two different people and yeah it was just super cool um it's always super rad to see uh people from all of our different movements come together like you know uh, the the way that we phrase it is like you know the the broadest masses of people against the narrowest target um which is I guess it depends on the struggle, but um, often U.S. imperialism and, uh, you know, the regime at whatever country. And yeah, it was really great. I'm sure you can tell in my voice that it's not 100 percent. On Sunday, we actually mobilized to um, the I don't know if y'all know the, the new big ass building down, I think, Pine, like right over by the freeway at like the edge of Cap Hill downtown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one that's, like, overhanging the freeway a little bit, right? Yep, yep. We mobilized there, like, 500 deep. Uh, it was super fucking cool. I'll post some videos later in, in the uh, maybe podcast banter off-topic channel, but uh, I had the opportunity to to chant lead, like, on the top of a, a truck as we had, like, a contingent, you know, like, 500 people trailing me and the, the other chant lead up in the truck. Um and it was super cool, um, yeah, to see all those different groups of people mobilizing against APEC, um, which at the end of the day, it's just like neoliberal schemes to be able to uh, further their agenda and consolidate their power in uh, Southeast Asia, you know, at the specifically like exploiting uh, whatever sectors, you know, uh, workers, migrants, women, uh, the planet, you know, so... Yeah, we made the news. Uh, look it up on. I'll, I'll post that to uh, 
on Cairo 7, but I'll be I'll be uh, talking about more things that are coming up because we're going to mobilize again in a couple weeks. So exciting stuff. But um, yeah, chant leading for like three hours means my voice was kind of rough by the end of the day. I saw some of the videos of you chant leading. It was badass. And I'm glad that that event was a huge success. So congratulations to you and everybody that participated. So after much speculation surrounding the Mariners, their playoff hopes, and their position heading into this trade deadline, the moment has finally arrived and things are mostly resolved, I would say. There's a possibility that some news might trickle in a little bit after the deadline, but for the most part, it's over. The players took the field every day this past week, knowing that a loss could ignite a trading fury in Jerry DePoto, so they fought to keep the band together, and yet three series wins in a row was too little too late, and we saw the departure of a beloved member of the Mariners family. So, you know, my question is, do you remember where you were when you heard the news that A.J. Pollock would no longer be a Seattle Mariner? If you really wanted to be on brand, you would have said Colton Wong, because that's who I'm actually bummed about. Well, you can answer either question. Yeah, AJ, Colton, obviously Mikey's favorite player. I can't even say his name because I'm, I'm scared of Mikey's reaction. We haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, where was I? I was in a random Marlins Twitter space because no offense to our Mariners Twitter spaces, they can sometimes get a, a, a tad bit toxic. Uh, I was, but when they're on the threads on Twitter, at least it's personally it's it's unhealthy, but it's pretty entertaining when people yell at each other. But I was trying to keep my distance from that. I was in a random Marlins Twitter space, and somebody there like talked about the AJ Pollock weird cash trade to the Giants, and they're all cracking up. So that says something. I, it was like one of those weird, like super bad situations where even though they couldn't hear me because I wasn't a speaker, I just was like also laughing along because I felt like I was in a high school cafeteria. I think that is the best setting to receive the news that AJ Pollock was traded. But no, of course, I'm kidding. The real trade that is on everyone's mind is the trade that saw Paul Seawald shipped off to the desert. Arizona Diamondbacks acquired Paul Seawald in exchange for Josh Rojas. Dominic Canzone, and Ryan Bliss. Um, Mikey, I think I'll open up the floor to you at first before we really dive into the return for the trade. Maybe we can just talk about how this trade sat with you when you heard about it. I don't know that I was surprised. Um, Paul Seawald said he wasn't surprised per se, but just disappointed. And I think that was my reaction I think it might have been different if there was a different domino that fell first, you know, if it was Ty France or Teoscar Hernandez. But I was actually in the middle of a a seminar, uh, like an uh, educational discussion kind of workshop. And I don't remember if I had my phone on Do Not Disturb, but I saw the news somehow. I think someone probably sent it to me and then I got a huge flood of notifications and I was like, God damn it. Like, you know, just dejected. And then I saw the return and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, <laughs> just like, I just, I, I mean, we talked about this with John Troopin, but <laughs> like, you know, I think Dustin raised the point, like 
it's like, yeah, closers aren't actually fetching all that much nowadays, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> when I saw Josh Rojas as the, uh, I don't think it's fair to call him the headliner, but he was the first name and he is the major leaguer in the package. Uh, unless you count Dominic Canzone. Uh, I was like, what the fuck? Josh Rojas is 29 and has like literally like a 60 WRC plus this year. You know, we'll we'll get into it more, but um, yeah, man, just like super fucking bummed. Um, still am. I don't. I honestly don't know if I'll kind of get over it. Um, I I was really hoping he would retire a Mariner, and I think Jerry did make a note about, you know, maybe he will come back as you know just a visit or to coach. Um, so that would be pretty cool. Yeah, just really really disappointing. Um. Yeah, we can get into the meat, but that, that was my initial reaction. Hey, did you have any sort of emotional reaction when you saw the news that Paul Seawald was going to be leaving our beloved Mariners? Just a wellness check on Mikey. Had a couple of friends knock on his door. He didn't answer. It was kind of crazy, right? Because Mikey was busy when the news came out. And so we were all just like sitting here with bated breath, like, oh, what is what is Mikey going to say? How does he feel about this? And he wasn't saying anything for probably about a couple hours. And we were like, um, do we do we need to check on him? Is he good? I should have texted you and sent. He probably um, was on the phone with Paul, like a real friend. I actually <laughs> I do need to DM him. Uh, I, I imagine he's been getting a lot of notifications and stuff, but uh so you're not a fan of the package we got? I think it is underwhelming for one of the best relievers in baseball in MLB who is under contract uh, through next year. I have started to feel better about it, but there's a lot of risk in this package. Um uh, some people might, and actually some people have argued that there is risk in Paul Seawald being a reliever who's 33. I think he's a pretty, uh, his floor is pretty good. So, yeah. Mikey, you mentioned that Josh Rojas is kind of the uh, de facto headliner of this trade since he's the one with the most MLB service time. But, you know, if you could, between Josh Rojas, Dominic Canzone, and, and Ryan Bliss, Maybe rank the three of them in terms of your excitement to have them on the team. I think it's far and away Dominic Canzone. I think, yeah, it's like that and then a space. And then probably, I feel like I have to put Ryan Bliss ahead of Rojas. Oh, don't you dare. University of Hawaii alum Josh Rojas. Dude, he is hitting 40% below league average right now. <laughs> like, he's had a rough half. I mean, he got sent down for that. Yeah, I, I need to look. He might be the lowest qualified hitter in MLB. I'll, I'll look right now. Okay, that was fake news, I guess. Um, and he hasn't met with Ichiro up until that point. <laughs> and we now know the Mariners just tweeted out a picture of them two together. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, that's Josh Rojas, baby. <laughs> Which one did you not recognize? Was it Josh Rojas or was it Ichiro? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay, okay. Same question to you, Day. Um, it, you sound Josh like Rojas. you were... 
Oh, number one, Josh. <laughs> no, Ross. no, no, I'm kidding. I, it's, trust me, I've learned my lesson. These local boys come to town and I'm like excited. And, and what happens? We had the most heartwarming story in the offseason. Two brothers coming to the Mariners organization. And we just hit August and older bro's gone. Probably going to get picked up by, oh, wait, I saw that the Red Sox were interested in him. I don't know. Yeah, they mean the the worst hitter of all hitters with 200 plate appearances or more. Are you talking about Colton? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we replaced him with what you're saying is the 40, the 15th, what? the, the second 15th worst. worst. Hey, that's an improvement. <laughs> no matter how you look at it, that is technically an improvement. How is his defensive numbers this year? Probably pretty decent. Interesting. I mean, you know, Depoto loves utility guys, and this dude can pretty much play anywhere. Yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of going to be his role, thankfully. But yeah, Dust, what are your thoughts? I, as far as my ranking of excitement, I would also go with Canzone first. Um, Josh Rojas second, just because uh, I do look at what he's done in, you know, the previous two years, especially. And while I'm a little bit burned by what happened with Colton Wong, and this is giving me a feeling that we might see a repeat of that, and especially with the way his skill set plays here, I'm not too optimistic, but um, there might be some life left in Josh Rojas. And then Bliss, uh, he's just a little bit far away, and I don't really know what to think about him. Uh, the one thing that gives me pause about Canzone is his age for the level. So he really raked in AAA, and he was one of the best hitters in a pretty stacked division. But he is, I believe, 26 at this point, and just now receiving his first taste of uh, of big league playing time. So there's a little bit of a discount you have to bake in to his uh, minor league production, considering that he is pretty old and he's probably beating up on some pitchers that are still, you know, getting their feet wet. I think uh, what a lot of people have been saying and is true is, uh, uh, I mean, that you know, that came up for me too, but mostly that he's blocked and that the D-backs have uh, a pretty, you know, good group of guys in front of him. I tend to think that the talented guys, you just make it happen. But yeah, I think the more I've looked into him and the more I've heard about him, the more, you know, it's pretty clear that he is the headliner here. Uh, What I think is interesting is two hours ago, Lookout Landing tweeted that DePoto said that Rojas was the piece that they were insistent on getting. And and that's what held up the deal uh, for almost a week. Yeah. So I think it has a lot more to do with his versatility than any one skill that sticks out you know per se uh but i do find it an interesting note regardless one more question about rojas while we're on the topic um in previous years he has displayed you know just enough power to reach double digit home runs do you think playing in t-mobile will will sap that little bit of power that he did have (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think he's a horrible fit for this park. <laughs> yeah, it was a rhetorical question. That was kind of a softball. I'm like, dude, uh, I am scared. 
Yeah, he's not like super pull heavy. He's actually kind of evenish. He does not hit the ball hard. Like he does not hit the ball hard. <laughs> um <laughs> I need to to find his previous years, but um over yeah, over the past uh several years, I, I'm pretty sure he's one of the lower hitters in terms of dynamic hard hit percentage. Which is basically hard hit percentage, but it uh, kind of standardizes based on the launch angle to say, like, is it actually hit hard or does this player just hit a lot of balls at angles that are just more like that are easier to hit hard? Um, so, yeah, and pulling and pulling it up in terms of <laughs> God damn it. In terms of dynamic hard hit percentage, he's right below Colton Wong. Um, no way. <laughs> what are the so, odds? So that's I think that's kind of what we're looking at. And that's that's filtered since 2020. He does hit the ball a little harder when it's in the air based on exit velocity. So I think he's got a little bit more power in him, which is not saying very much. But it's it's a it's a really interesting profile. Um I think he's hurt is my or I think he's been playing kind of banked up is my uh theory. Yeah, I think that's almost definitely true. And when he got sent down uh, to AAA earlier this season, I know he spent a lot of his time during that demotion on the IL. So it's possible he'd been nursing an injury for a while previous to being demoted. And then, um, you know, once the stakes were lower, then that's when they finally decided it was time for an IL stint. Um, but yeah, maybe that's reason for optimism. And I think the other silver linings might be uh, his years of team control, assuming he's good enough to even warrant keeping him around for all of that team control, but he, he won't be a free agent until 2027. And as we mentioned, the positional flexibility is a bit of a bonus, although um, the positional flexibility means less when you don't really have anybody to play second base. You know, Cabby is still there, and I feel comfortable giving him PAs, but some people might be less confident in that. Uh, and he has a little bit of speed and speed plays anywhere. So oh, it must've been so awkward. Him and Colton are pretty close. You know, that they both went to the university of Hawaii, as I said, and they're like dapping each other up as he's coming in, as Colton's getting DFA'd. It's just, uh, Oh God. I don't know. It's just, do you think they gave him Colton Wong's locker? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I bet they did. I don't know. I, I, I'm telling you, like, he was um, playing ball a little. I mean, he's younger than me, but I was working at ESPN Hawaii for the radio station producing the radio shows, and we covered a lot of UH baseball. And this dude was, you know, he came in hot. He was obviously, not obviously, because, like, it's. UH never has players go to the bigs like that. And Colton kind of paved the way and then Rojas was right behind him. And so these two were big deals back home. And it's just, I don't know. It's, you think it, it should have been like a day where I'm like, oh my God, two University of Hawaii players on the Mariners. And just, I don't know. It's Colton's leaving because he had a shitty first half and we're bringing in somebody who is not playing well at all. And so, I don't know, man. Mixed feelings for me. Understood. I think I saw you tweet your excitement of the possibility of having two University of Hawaii 
players playing for the Mariners on the same lineup. And then literally <laughs> hours later, it was like Colton Wong is saying his goodbyes in the clubhouse. I was like, fuck. Last thing, Canzone uh, just had the, the bases juiced and flew out. I don't know to where. Also, I don't really think he is anymore, but... um and this is like four years ago now i think but uh josh rojas has always been kind of a darling of alex chamberlain in his peripheral prospect series he is no longer a prospect uh he is very peripheral but um you know there was there was something in there i think i think uh this is aged very poorly but alex was like you know i think a 99th percentile or yeah outcome is uh is like jose altuve so I don't know. Maybe the Mariners see something in here because I don't think very highly of the Diamondbacks front office. I don't think lowly of them, but it's also very arguable that they have the ability to develop hitters where other organizations have failed. He runs. At least he runs. He picks up his knees. I'm just, I mean, he's like a healthy season. He's like a 25 steel guy. It's not like we had a very fast team. I'm just trying to find silver linings. I, I really want this guy to work, man. I can't keep going through these Hawaii boy heartbreaks. I, for all of our sake, I hope that Josh Rojas works out. We haven't given much love to Ryan Bliss, the last piece in this trade. I don't know if you guys uh, want to talk about him a little bit before we move on to some of the more minor moves that the Mariners made at the trade deadline. Second round draft pick in 2021, yet he was the 16th ranked piece of the Arizona farm system before being traded 16, not a very high number. I know the, the diamondbacks have a pretty well touted system, but still it doesn't seem like he's a huge piece, but um, Mikey, how, how do you feel about Ryan bliss? He's a notorious short King. I think is the main thing we discovered about him in this trade. I think what's interesting is uh, he, I mean, it depends on the the outlet, but uh, they were both like not even close to top 10 prospects in the Diamondback system, uh, which is what was most troubling to me. Eric Longenhagen, I don't care, um, <laughs> uh, ranked Bliss at 25 and, and Canzone at 33. I disagree with that ranking. Alas, I don't write for fan graphs. I think it's going to be, I mean, I don't know if he's going to hit, like he doesn't have that much power. Uh, I mean, Eric mentions just getting underneath a lot of fastballs and expanding the zone more than you'd like, but also notes other traits. I don't know. He does have some athleticism. I, I'm interested with the Mariner C here. Um, again, I, I think it's worth spending a little more time on Ken's own because He's hit really, really well in AAA, despite, you know, his age. And the metrics are all very positive. Like, the the more, uh, like, advanced analytics are very positive in terms of his uh, minor league numbers. And then the very limited numbers that we have from this year, which is about 30 batted ball events, show that he can hit the ball hard and can do it at ideal launch angles i guess like his his standard deviation of launch angles 22.6 which is very good small sample size but 
his X stats say that again in the very small sample, he's been a very good hitter. So if there's someone to be excited about, it's Canzone and Ryan Bliss. It has some interesting traits himself, and and Rojas, you could say the same, even if he's an old for <laughs> for a prospect. Okay, well, only time will tell who the victors of this trade are, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Canzone and Rojas are in the lineup in today's game, so we will get a look at those two. Some more minor moves that the Mariners made at the deadline. AJ Pollock, um, don't know what to say there. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. It was, it was, it was a nice time. I don't know. I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but several episodes back, we made predictions on when both AJ Pollock and Colton Wong would be DFA'd, and my prediction was about probably eight weeks ago. So this has been a long time coming. Apparently, uh, he has been packaged to the Giants with Mark Mathias for the infamous player to be named later. Yet to be named, so we can't really analyze much about this move other than the fact that the team will no longer be employing AJ Pollock. Wait a minute. What what were our guesses? I know you keep our predictions. That's right. I feel like I feel like I was the one who's correct. I would like to say neither of us were correct. You were more correct. I said <laughs> I don't remember exactly what date this was. I said uh he would be DFA'd before the Yankees series. So when was the last time we played the Yankees? Fuck if I know. Yeah, that was like, I, I'm telling you, that was like six weeks ago, at least. So <laughs> I was wrong. But um, to be fair, you were also wrong. So who's laughing now? I guess me. Um, yeah, Slightly neither of us. More. <laughs> okay, that's fair too. <laughs> Mikey, do you happen to know anything about Mark Mathias? That was the first time I'd ever heard that name. Um, whoa, he's uh, apparently played in the major leagues before. Yeah, it's weird. I looked up video of him to make sure I was pronouncing his last name right, and there were like big league highlights of him with the Brewers. I was like, come on, no way. I've never heard of this person in my life. He actually seems like about as interesting as you can get for someone who turns 29 like on Wednesday or something uh, and who has been average over 200 plate appearances. Okay. So the fact that Mark Mathias has even the littlest bit of intrigue behind him, uh, does that say anything promising to you about the return we might get for him eventually in the player to be named later, rather than just this just being a salary dump of whatever we were giving AJ Pollock. Um, I don't know. The Giants are really fucking weird. Like they gave us Baroa for Donnie Walton. They're also I've heard Eno Sarah say they're like obsessive about testing like medicals and they felt really good about Mitch Hanegers, which is funny because he got hurt and I don't know how much he's played. He's also not been good. Um, anyways, I think it probably says not a lot. <laughs> I agree. We're grasping his straws. Okay. Matthias is a half Asian one, right? Mm, I oh, have yeah. no clue. It, no, again, is. given that I had to watch highlight videos to make sure I was pronouncing his last name correctly, <laughs> I don't he, know shit about him. He does look, yeah, Asian. Yeah, I think he's awful. Half Asian. Anyway, 
Yeah, not much to add to that, except okay. uh, he's definitely playing in the majors before. Okay, moving on then. Another minor move. Oh, he's Chinese. He's Chinese. Sorry. Oh, wow, really? You don't yeah. see a lot of people of Chinese heritage playing in MLB. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's was exciting for us, but um, he's no longer on the team. So Good Chinese food in the Bay, though. Enjoy. That's true. That's true. Okay, another move. The Mariners sent out Logan Reinhardt for a reliever, Edward Bizardo. So my question to you two, is this an opportunity for the Mariners to work their reliever magic and hopefully pick up somebody from the reliever pile and turn them into a star? Maybe they could turn a Paul Seawall. I am actively looking this up <laughs> as I speak. <laughs> Should I pause? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you have nothing to say yet, I can cut around it. Or legit, if you have nothing to say, we can just not even talk about this entire transaction. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really... It's, it's just uh, a fucking... It's it's literally it's defining our trade deadline. This This conversation happening right now nothing to say well i just haven't looked into okay um on bizardo sinker slider guy pretty steep sinker and a lot of sweep on the slider like a lot like 17 inches with a lot of depth uh and he actually throws that the majority of the time so this is uh he was dfa'd you know, so clearly the Giants, like, who are a very smart team, didn't see, you know, didn't like him enough to keep him around. I don't know. This guy seems really, really interesting. Um, I think he needs to ditch the splitter. I don't know how much he's thrown that this year. Um, and mostly ditch the four-seam fastball. Just go sinker, uh, curveball, whatever you call the shape. And I think it'll be pretty interesting. Wonder what the Mariners are going to do here. I, I have a, a feeling, you know, that they'll take some of these traits and kind of run with them. Seems like he has a more vertical release around one o'clock, um, which makes sense with the steepness of his sinker. But it looks like he actually throws a, a fair amount of strikes. I think with the what I'm going to call a sweeper, he probably doesn't get hit very hard either. Like those those are those two traits tell me uh, the sinker is going to you know get a lot of ground balls beat on the ground and the, the sweeper is just going to do sweet contact itself um regardless he's he's going to throw strikes it seems like so for a guy that's dfa and as a reliever i feel like this is about as interesting as it gets at the deadline no no yeah i totally agree and i feel like uh i should clarify since i didn't say this up top bizarro's coming from the orioles so i'm not sure if that changes any opinions about how he might have been treated when he was um in baltimore yeah i forgot about that i mean they're good they also hired mike fast i believe a baseball prospectus alum and uh formerly of the astros i think or at least they have astros personnel uh high ranking um so in theory they're also very smart i mean they've identified some good picture uh pitchers like cano and felix bautista so I don't, yeah, I don't know what that says, but uh, I think the Mariners, you know, have shown that that uh, they can, you know, 90% of the time get the most out of 
uh, a reliever. So really, really interesting traits, uh, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. I think I have tempered enthusiasm about this very, very minor move for a DFA'd reliever. Uh, then the final move that happened right at the end of this trade deadline, we saw Colton Wong get DFA'd. Um, we don't know what the the final outcome of that will be. Hopefully, we can still swing a trade that will see Colton Wong go somewhere and be a reclamation project for some other team. I think we all believe that he still can be a good player, even if he wasn't here. Um, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but would anybody like to say their final goodbyes to Colton Wong? I could think of one person who does. Colton, if you're still in town, Kona Kitchen closes in two hours. Kawhi family's closed already, so we're going to have to go second best. I'm legit a little bit disappointed that we never made good on our promise to take Colton Wong out to dinner. Well, I, I admit I didn't DM him as many times as I did Brian Wu. <laughs> but maybe if I was more <laughs> persistent... <laughs> I thought there was like a non-zero chance that that might happen. I think that's probably like delusional of me, but um, yeah, our our window has closed on that probably. The Instagram blue check is not working on Brian Wu. I, I need to report that. <laughs> he is not opening my shit. <laughs> what if I was like wanting to, wanting to uh, interview him or something? You know, I don't know. I'm interviewing. Um, I actually have two interviews this week. Proud to say I, I'm trying to write again a little bit. They're both non-baseball people. One's a DeFi wrestling. DeFi wrestling, oh, nice. man. DeFi? Okay, DeFi? Okay, yeah. I, I do care about that then. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a piece on Cody Chun, who is their up-and-coming Cambodian star. Love him. Oh, sweet. And I'm doing an exit profile interview uh, with Shama Sawan, so that should be fun. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. Okay, day is busy. We'll be looking forward to those pieces. Cody! Cody! Cody fucking John. See ya, Colton. Okay. Bye-bye, <laughs> Colton. We loved you. We will always remember your go-ahead pinch hit home run. Um, uh, okay. But honestly, one of the funniest ways to basically end your career with the team ever, especially since so he lost. <laughs> I just... Topoto definitely just smiled, right? Of course he's going to do this now. Honestly, like, I, I kind of think he bought himself, like, another week or two. <laughs> Especially the way he grabbed that trident, man. Oh. Oh, he needed it. He could have been such a good vibe guy if he played, like, half as well. He was gripping onto that trident for dear life. Like, he was about to blow away in a tornado. He was like, I will never drop this trident. Okay, well, those are the moves that the Mariners made at the trade deadline. Of course, Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander went to the media to discuss their strategies at the trade deadline and also reflect on their approach during the offseason. So we have a couple of quotes here. The first from Hollander, he says that the team didn't have the expectations that Wong, Pollock, and Listello would be stars, but they'd hoped they would be positive additions based on their track records. He also said that their 2023 offseason approach was fine, but the results were bad. Um, Day, do you have any thoughts on this quote from Hollander? No, because he's said nothing. I agree. That was the weirdest quote ever. Like, 
yeah, we thought we got them obviously because we thought they were going to be better than they were. Okay. <laughs> but they keep getting the same guy, Josh Rojas. <laughs> right. I think the part that kind of raises my eyebrows is saying that they didn't have high expectations for Wong, Pollock, and Listella. It kind of makes me question your approach in acquiring these players, Colton Wong especially. That was yeah, a very yeah. high profile trade. So then yeah. to go back on it and say that you didn't have very high expectations for them is kind of puzzling. And I mean, to me, it's kind of, he had know, a great year it, last year. Why wouldn't you expect greatness? He was supposed to be our leadoff hitter. And in fairness, he did say they didn't think they'd be stars. That's, that's a pretty high bar. I would say Colton Wong was a star regardless of how he performed. <laughs> There's so much more that goes into being a star, and and Colton Wong has it. <laughs> no, I don't even know dude. if you're serious. It's just I'm such serious. A I'm being no, I'm I'm being dead serious. Like, um, you know, regardless, I know he kind of laid egg, uh, <laughs> playing wise, but he was charismatic. Are you was guys? Are, are are you guys any any ounce of uh, fearful? that we're getting a pretty shitty reputation to like if you have like a transitional year or something like it's already has you know the reputation that it's a shitty place to hit i, I don't know i i just never thought about it because we've always been like a good vibes team chaos baseball i think we've had that comp that that uh reputation for a while now mm. yeah going way back um you know i can think back to at least you know maybe around the time we signed nelson cruz i think people were surprised about that for the same reason we kind of had this reputation of hitters coming here to die and uh, people really looking at nelson cruz's profile and being like oh god this is going to be be a disaster myself included but then he okay. had good years he did it's kind of a weird point <laughs> but outside of 2001 when players were still roiding the mariners really haven't had that many good offensive teams Cano got popped for peds twice and he's one of the main examples of otherwise of a player you know hitting in yankee stadium and then hitting in a, a difficult ballpark like here i think he probably regardless would have but who's to say nelson cruz also got popped for peds at least once and you know who's to say for him so i don't know i don't know how 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 many examples there are of guys who in the past two and a half decades uh, who have succeeded here without PDs. I, I just pulled up, this is really fucking sad. I just pulled up all Mariners offenses since 2000. Five times have the Mariners team hit to 107 WRC plus or higher since then. And they are last year, 107. 2000, 107, 2016, which they almost made the playoffs that year, 108, 2002, 110, and 2001, 116. So I don't know where these rank, you know, based on the year, but um, most of these, like outside of two, are years in which players were probably doing steroids or something. Yeah. I think I think that's kind of where the thought ends. I mean, 2016 is is Cano and and Cruz too really leading the pack. So 
side note for people listening, we are hoping to have Alan Nathan, who's uh, a physics. He does like baseball physics work at uh, the University of Illinois to talk about like why I think like physically how how difficult, you know, it is to hit in Seattle. Yeah. What what kind of uh, I guess just like what's going on compared to other parks and maybe even like what kind of archetypes or profiles they ought to be targeting. So excited about that. Uh, he said to reach out in a couple of weeks because he's busy. I'm also very busy, so works out. Maybe three weeks. But uh, yeah, I guess that's just context uh, in terms of that. And I, I guess I'll say to put it into perspective, those offenses I just listed are as good as the 2021 offense was bad. If that helps. I don't know if that helps. I can't wait till we see our pitch package to Shohei Otani this offseason. It's going to be so enticing. We we have to. I just kind of feel like we have to get him. We're not helping our case, though. I don't know. If, if he was a free agent last year, after you know we were a Robbie Ray pitch away from going 1-0 against the Astros, people were feeling good about the team. Shohei clearly wants to win. I mean, the Angels, I think, if it was more about the money, like Angels would just throw whatever at Shohei to make sure he stays. But I, I, I genuinely believe he wants to win. And yeah, I don't know. It's, I think a lot is hinging on us getting him or not. The last thing is that like this quote is really insulting. And I, I kind of forgot to kind of touch on that. But like... I think there are situations in which your approach can be fine and the results are bad, but I think your result or your approach was bad because a lot of people, I was higher on Wong than most people. Uh, And I think, again, I think in a park that is not Safeco, I think he would have done much better. Uh, Pollock was always kind of questionable with Stella. I was like, maybe, maybe the advanced, uh proprietary metrics they have say something um but to me it's just like this quote really insults the intellect of fans and uh yeah people who watch the game because uh i i think materially we can say their approach was not fine yeah i think that's the correct read of this quote of course the Mariners aren't the only ones who went through the trade deadline this year. There are other teams who were trading and teams that we are competing with also making big trades. So maybe we can touch on some of those division competitors, some of those wildcard competitors, and look at what they added to the team and what that's going to mean for the Mariners' fortune. You know, I think the most relevant here is going to be what the Rangers did at the deadline. The Rangers had a huge deadline acquiring Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton, Austin Hedges. You know, maybe in a way we expected the Rangers to run away with the division and their lead has been narrowing over the past month or so. So, you know, maybe (laughs) I don't think the Mariners really have their sights set on winning the division anymore, but you know, if they hope to make it to the playoffs, the Rangers are going to be a big competitor there as well. So, uh, yeah. It, Day, how do you feel about the Rangers bolstering their rotation with these moves? I know you were kind of the 
the first one. You were the canary in thank the coal mine. Thank you, thank you. You the canary in the coal mine when it came I, to being I have a, a March a March uh, gambling ticket from Moko Shoots uh, Casino to prove it. I put some money on the Rangers to reverse jinx the Mariners. It didn't work. It didn't work. By the way, Framber just threw a no hitter. What the fuck? God <laughs> damn it, guys! Oh my god! Here's... Yeah, I think that's the third of the season. I don't know. Jesus Christ! The day they get Verlander back, <laughs> Framber throws a no hitter. <laughs> the Rangers rotation. Um, fuck, man! These teams are having so much fun in our division. What were their expectations before? I mean, Scherzer, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know. I did give them shit on Twitter. I said all these players are still mid as fuck, but it's definitely better than what they had before. And isn't Evaldi out for a little while too? He is. I think the actual status of that injury is up in the air as we speak. But, you know, given the injuries they've had to their rotation so far, um, you know, I think they're treating it as if it's serious, regardless of how serious it actually is. And, you know, that probably goes to uh, explain why they made a lot of these moves for rotation depth. The Rangers were never going to be a team that's going to win the whole thing with their pitching anyway. Now they have above league average pitchers with the ability to score 10 runs a game. The Rangers are doing exactly what every team wishes their franchise does, their front office. They're, They're trying to win. And they're in better position to do that now. I'll also throw in uh, that Max Scherzer is on contract, I think, um, this year, next year, and then has an option for the third year. But he'll definitely be around at least into next year. And Jacob deGrom's health is never something you want to bank on. But imagining a Rangers rotation next year with both Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom is concerning. Even though Max Scherzer is aging and... uh, you know, we're not sure how much longer he's going to be able to to be that effective. Yeah, this there, kind of makes me Is there me any concerned. chance he comes back for the playoffs? Who, DeGrom? Yeah. I don't think so, right? It, it, it I, was, thought there was a, I thought there was a small chance. No, he's... Yeah. Okay. Uh, elsewhere around the league, we saw the Astros trade for Justin Verlander and Kendall Graveman. Interesting to see Verlander back in an Astros uniform. Uh, just when we thought we got rid of him, he comes back into the division. It's it, it's really funny to me that he pitched for the Mets for just like, you know, four months and then he's back with the Astros. It's just f- the the all these teams are fucking jokes. The White Sox, the Mets. God damn. The just Mets. no idea how to run. Yeah, Holy baseball shit. Teams. The Angels after this year. I, I'm really interested to see what it looks like in terms of the money. The Mets are taking on a lot of money, which I feel like kind of counts them out of Otani, but also maybe not. There is zero chance that Otani would sign with the Mets. After what he's just seen, if he says that he you know prioritizes winning and the team just you know, said that they're focusing on 2025 and 2026. I don't think he has any interest in being in New York. Not that any of us knows anything that Shohei Otani is thinking, but just based on the little bits 
you know, of insight that we have from when he first posted in the U.S., zero percent chance he's going to New York. I don't know. And especially now. If they pay up. Yeah, there's, it's pretty slim. We should touch on the Angels, too. Did you? You didn't touch on the Angels. We should touch on the Angels. I didn't. Go ahead and touch the Angels for me, Mikey. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if they did more than this, but I think the, the most prominent uh, players that they acquired are Lucas Giolito, who is not who he was, Randall Grichuk, and uh, CJ Crone. Crone has raked in um, Colorado, as you might suspect. I think Grichuk has actually been kind of good this year. Let me let me double check. Yeah, he's been all right. Yeah, Giolito just hasn't been the same. He's been having issues with like losing his changeup and uh, uh, his fastball hasn't been quite there, but is a better option than literally Chase Silseth? Silseth. What is a Chase Silseth? I couldn't tell you. Let me go ahead and pull up a highlight video so I know how to pronounce his last name. There you go. But yeah, when you look around, like these are at least like each. Each AOS team not named the Oakland Athletics uh, got a marquee name, made improvements. You know, the Rangers, like Jordan Montgomery, I think, is is playing over pitching over his head right now, but added catching depth because I think Jonah Heim just went down. Added Max Scherzer, who I have thoughts about, whatever. So solidified their rotation, which all season I've been saying they they're going to get hurt. They got hurt. Uh, now they've kind of solidified it. I, I think uh, I was going to save it for later, but I, I think, you know, Max Scherzer is, has not been, you know, Max Scherzer this year. And I, I tend to think he won't be Max Scherzer for the rest of the year. Still a very unsexy rotation, if you ask me. Um, and then with Chris Stratton, you know, uh, adding some depth to the bullpen and already, uh, let's not forget they got our oldest Chapman. Um, mm. And then, you know, with the Astros, JV solidifying the rotation, Kendall Graveman, the bullpen, and then the Angels, again, just making kind of weird additions. Like, I, I, I they got better, too. The, the Angels make the kind of trades that the computer does when you play MLB The Show on, like, a franchise mode, where it's wow. just, like, literally random. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, I mean, Yeah. I, I don't know how much these will move the needle, but they got better more than the Mariners got better. And they got better the least of all three teams, if you ask me. So exactly. that's kind of my assessment here in terms of, you know, how much these moves uh, kind of push the needle for each team. Definitely. I was going to round out the show by bringing this back to what it means for the Mariners. And you can feel however you want about the, the Paul Seawald move and the pieces that we brought back for that. But looking around as far as 2023 is concerned, you know, our competitors got better when the Mariners really didn't. So if anybody was holding out hope that the Mariners were going to make a push this year, they still might, but uh, it's not going to be because of anything that happened at the trade deadline. In my opinion, that has been our trade deadline show. The Mariners are still currently playing the Red Sox as we speak and winning. Uh, here's hoping that it can stay that way and that, you know, they can keep winning series. Uh, 
we haven't talked about it a whole lot in these past few shows, but you know, the Mariners have been on a bit of a heater lately. So, and now they're losing Dustin. Are they for real? They just scored three runs on a two <laughs> out faces clearing double. Jesus. Literally, Christ. as you said that. I'm cutting this. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Literally, fuck me. Damn it. Okay. Before I can ruin uh, the Mariners' hopes and dreams any further, we better sign out. So uh, I've been Dustin. You can find me at Dustin J. Ryan on all my socials. Uh, Day, you can find at Dayshik Jr. And Mikey is. We should have bought. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. Sneak that in there. No. Day, you're the one that's got to go, but uh, you know, maybe you can cancel your dinner plans to yell about the Mariners losing. Leo season, baby. It's my birthday. Sushi tonight. Let's go. Okay. Day has important, important birthday dinner to attend, so we'll let him go. Uh, yeah, Mikey is at underscore Kuya Mikey, and you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, your preferable platform. And once again, go join the Patreon at patreon.com slash neversunny in Seattle. If you do, you will get shouted out at the top of the show. And um, we can even include a message that you would like to send out to our listeners as long as it's approved by us three. All right. Thank you for listening and go Mariners.